0: Welcome back to the Real House Girlies pod.
1: Another week, another app. Another week, another pod. Happy to be here. So happy to be here. We've got a special guest, though. We do have a special guest. It's our first guest, in fact. I want to introduce everybody, the listeners, to one Miss Izzy K. Izzy K in the house.
2: I am so honoured. I feel so privileged to be here. I'm very excited.
1: The first guest, thank you for joining us. We appreciate you. We have such an interesting conversation coming up today, which we're going to get into, but firstly, news of the week. Great. There's been a lot happening as per usual, but this time, social media, threads. (laughs) Are you threading? Girlies, let's discuss. So I... I have friends
0: on threads that I don't know how I got, but I keep getting follows because it just pushes all of your friends. I've never felt so successful on social media as when you open an app and people are constantly following you. Yeah, people it's like are just following like my influencer dreams come true on an app that I don't know how to use still. Yeah. Understand it conceptually, Twitter. Twitter on Instagram. Could no. never use Twitter. The closest I get is a Facebook status. And I'm talking about when you had computers to use Facebook. Yeah. And you would leave your computer open, and someone else would update your status. Yes. So it's like traumatic for me.
1: Apparently, a hundred million signups onto Threads. It's they the made it so easy. Ever. They made it so easy. They actually just yeah. pushed
2: it onto your phone. Yes. Yeah. No Forcibly. friction.
1: Have you posted a thread, Izzy? I did. <gasps> what was your first thread?
2: I said. Oh. Yeah. It was a Facebook It's status, painful. It? It was, oh, go on. Go status. on. It was welcome aboard the Zuck truck. That's funny. Oh, That's great. Thank you. That is funny. I think it got one like. Is it a like?
1: Is it a like? I think it's a like. A like a and a
2: re-thread. Yeah, oh, a re-thread. re-thread. Mine,
1: mine was a picture of Paris Hilton on a flip phone saying, hey, girlies. Yeah. It fell on bridge. You're brand. Brand. Yeah. <laughs>
0: You're in digital marketing.
1: Anyway, I will say I threaded on the first day. I did like three or four or whatever i interacted i was there i wanted to be on the cutting edge because i felt late to tiktok and i wanted to be early to threads
2: Yeah,
1: i'll say i haven't been back on i felt overwhelmed and i've not been back the thing that upsets me is you're not alone in that you
0: just jumped in yeah because everyone that you follow even like those management consulting meme pages that i follow on instagram they're on threads. They're the busiest people in town. Yes. They're doing multiple threads a day. They've got a lot to say. I sit there and I've got all the characters in the world and I can't think of one to use. <laughs> and so now I'm annoyed because they're just... its It feels yeah. forced. How is it a new thing? And it's so full. It's so full. It feels so forced. Yeah. TikTok had that organic finding your feet. Like, are we dancing? Or are we doing cooking videos in lockdown? And now we're doing get ready with Me's. and
1: yeah, and my personality does not shine in the written form. Right. I'm, I'm aesthetics, and occasionally I am funny. Um, I like to think, and I'm not great in writing. I will, I'm, I'm I've acknowledged that.
2: You are a curated grid. Yeah, that isn't anyone. <laughs> yeah, agree. It kind of speaking to the trauma. It takes me back to like twitter justin bieber fan account days and to be honest i just don't need to go back there so hayley bieber Mm. yes
1: well that turned out well for her
2: true
1: true true (laughs) in other news this week um you're copying my little tv to lifestyle it all came to a head on the kardashians and i have been following this storyline closely (laughs) this is this i
0: just caught up on the kardashians Mm -hmm. um thanks to you reminding me that I'm 6 episodes behind and I've been loving the tension, the
1: drama. I really
0: hope that that is the last episode of the storyline. Yeah. Yeah, because
1: do you think I need your permission? Iconic. That was great. I wish she had said that to her face and not just in a talking heads. It was staged. It was extremely
0: staged. Um the the part where Kim actually says where was my wedding? To the producers. That's the best part.
1: That's the highlight of this entire storyline. Yeah. Yeah. Where was my wedding? Who was my wedding singer? Andre spaghetti. <laughs> if you don't have
0: the girl on TikTok, I'll find her and put her in the pod notes. The girl on TikTok that does the Hispanic version of the Kardashians with the post-it note nails for Chloe the Polar Have you off. seen this?
2: Yeah. She's It's so funny. Good.
0: And Chloe all the time, like, not the spaghetti. <laughs> 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 falling. I'm so relatable right now because my press on nails
1: could fall off anywhere. In other news this week, Alana got press on nails. I did. Yeah, we can we can do a review on those at a later time, but today we've got things to talk about. We are hanging by a thread, and I've been waiting to say that, because we are talking about sustainability in fashion today. We have Izzy here, who is somewhat of an expert. She has recently completed her Masters of Philosophy for her thesis, Catwalk or Tightrope, Balancing the Sustainability Imperative in the Communications Efforts of Fashion Brands. Well, I'm tired after saying that. What does that actually mean, Izzy? Tell <laughs> us what your paper was about. You sent it to me. I did skim read it um, and give me the 411.
2: Okay. We'll, we'll attempt to give the cliff notes, but the cliff notes might still be a bit of a drag. So yeah. I apologize in advance, um, but ultimately... My research looked at different brand archetypes within the fashion industry and how they each communicate about a variety of topics, notably how they balance these kind of seemingly competing demands of trying to make sales and the bottom line, getting people's attention, like TikTok trends to to the point we were just talking about versus showcasing product design and functionality and the craft Mm -hmm. with things like sustainability and sustainability efforts. And so I was primarily looking at how different brands were communicating about these topics via Instagram and also their e-commerce websites and the balance of the messaging to not just the what. So how much were these brands talking about sustainability versus commercial elements, sales, discounting, versus design? over a specific period of time so it was looking at you know how a fast fashion brand might be doing that differently Um, versus what we termed a sustainability-born brand that's typical of like a newer direct-to-consumer company Mm -hmm. that has kind of like purpose at the heart of it, Mm, to use a cliche. yeah. Um, And then also looked at kind of this interesting middle ground that we defined as sustainably aware brands. So brands that were taking like great steps towards Mm. becoming a more responsible version of themselves, but they weren't necessarily set up with sustainability in mind. So I guess the the really quick version of what this study found was that the mainstreaming of sustainable practices within the fashion industry is slowed because the communications environment is just so complex. So complex. So complex. And we're all using kind of different definitions of sustainability in different ways and at different cadences. And that also creates these barriers and oftentimes disadvantages for the sustainability-born brands that are trying to compete in this space, challenge the status quo, but at the same time run a viable business at the yeah. end of the day.
1: There's so much th- There's so much there, and I'm so excited to unpack this. Yeah, the first thing that comes to mind for me is
0: I certainly would support a sustainability-born brand. I may have already got that wrong. No, but that was perfect. How do I know who's who in a Netta Porter or an iconic or David Jones? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like there is that, I guess, whose responsibility is it to kind of make that awareness to us? Because I'm just buying this Camilla Mark dress. And I just trust that because Camilla and Mark is at a certain price point and is Australian, that they're doing the right thing.
1: Yeah, I trust. I I would argue that is the same point. And that's what I look for. And I'm spending a certain amount. I have expectations, but I'm not necessarily. We're not conscious consumers. No, oftentimes I'm not. I like to think that I am, but very in the reality, I oftentimes I am not, and I feel guilt about it.
0: Mm-hmm. But similar to even as you said, the struggles of brands, I struggle with my guilt because there's only so much that I can hold myself to each day before I crumble with my, my other areas of responsibility and interest and emotional, I don't know, obligations and work stress and all of those things that fuck, like I'm, I'm already doing my
1: best. Yeah, it feels like a lot. And that's like, what's the responsibility of the brand versus what's the, our responsibility as consumers?
2: Yeah, I think it's really interesting. Like we have phrases for these things now, like eco-anxiety where, you know, there's only... There's <laughs> more only... anxiety. <laughs> I, I'm eco-anxious. How so much more anxious can I take? <laughs> where there's, there's a responsibility on the consumer to an extent, and it's up to us to try and make informed decisions. And I think at the end of the day, and we can talk about this, um, in a bit more detail, but the crux of it is shopping less and shopping better when we do, but there's also a lot of responsibility on these brands to give us the information, that we can then digest and be able to make those decisions for ourselves at the end of the day. The fashion industry has made some good steps in this direction, but it's still just so, so opaque. It's
1: pretty unregulated, hey? Like brands can pretty much say whatever they want to say. Like we've got H&M out here saying that they're conscious and eco, which I don't think it everybody knows that's not the case
2: like how do you verify that
1: how do you verify that
2: absolutely and I think it's really interesting I was listening to a podcast on the drive over to the pod actually yes. which was talking about perception Podception. even when you see a label and it says made in Italy for example sure that that garment or that bag or that whatever may have been assembled in Italy and a label was was put on it in Italy but where was like that leather source from Mm. what tannery did it go to that could be like traced back to uzbekistan to the tannery in brazil to then you know all of these different steps within the process and then the final point is made in italy as well Mm. and those kind of processes and where all of the componentry comes from for that particular item like that isn't necessarily information that's available to consumers and it also acts as a barrier for these brands it creates friction right when they're trying to make a sale Mm. but they're also saying hey but look here's here's how this garment is made and here's what you know what it costs at each step of the way and so it's this really interesting balance and some brands are definitely doing it better than others yeah
1: it's a bit of chicken and egg like is it up to the brand to be communicating to that to us, or do we as consumers need to be asking for that information? And I can see how there's this like cycle of confusion that's happening because why would a brand put that information forward when consumers are readily buying their products based on price point, based on style? They don't necessarily need to be putting that information out there. We're still buying the stuff.
2: Yeah.
1: Am, Am I wrong?
0: You will say no anyway. Am I a little bit more ignorant than I started by making some kind of gentle assumption in the favor of businesses as well? Because I imagine with the tannery and leather sourcing example, to sometimes to source things from a better location or f- source the more sustainable option, you're increasing your logistics and absolutely like coming from... Consulting and and even coming from like having sold products to people and trying to get them places, you know, even a $1 increase in the cost to transport something or a 100 kilometer further distance to transport something just makes things... You know, impossible to produce. It's all adding
1: up. It's all a trade off.
0: And you have to be in business to sell things, and you have to be in business to do the right thing. You can't kind of sell yourself out of business or cost yourself out of business, rather. So yeah, yum, yeah. I I feel for the people wanting to really do the right thing, trying to enter a saturated market with these giants. Mm. Um, and I feel for some of the giants. Like I know Country Road, I think even tries to do bits and bobs, but. Sometimes you're too big to change. Like-
2: they actually just released, I saw today, a news article around, I think it's a t-shirt and it's their first um, garment that they have used the blockchain for essentially to be able to like trace the garment's That's origins, awesome. which is yeah. really interesting. they in this area. Yeah, they, um, they have some really interesting initiatives in place around product to that point. And I think there's kind of two components to it as well. There's the the product side of things and price is such a huge component of that. But then there's also more broadly at the organizational level, things that consumers can look out for to that point beyond the product around well is Country Road publishing their annual greenhouse gas Mm. assessment from an emissions standpoint? Are Mm. they looking at carbon insetting options along their supply chain? Are they, I guess, investing in solar panels to put on the roofs of their suppliers so they can get them off coal? Like there's all of these questions beyond the product itself as well. And I think those can be great markers where a company is at least willing to provide that information, um, which is awesome, but at the same time, that information can be really hard to digest.
0: Yes, what are so the if, it's just a minefield. Standards. Like, what's the who is the kind of universal body that sets this means this level of sustainability and this is this good versus yeah. this is this good? Because you could kind of just say, "Well, I've got recyclable packaging equals yeah. sustainable," versus yeah. "I've done everything that I can to preserve." The planet for people the environment all of those things yeah is it like they could be the same yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> is it a scale like are who some sets brands the scale? who sets the scale what's the scale
2: yeah I mean this is the most annoying answer but it it simply doesn't exist and I think there are certain accreditations and programs that are trying to fill this gap in lieu of there being Global regulation that's kind of a one-size-fits-all kind of a solution, uh, such as B Corp, for example, which mm-hmm. I feel like Australians are starting to tap into. Vogue ran an article at the beginning of the year around Australian B Corps to keep an eye on, which was very cool. Yeah. I know Basic are a uh, B Corp now, oh, which really? is awesome. awesome. I think they were awesome. end of last year. I could be wrong on that. Yeah. Uh, it's
1: pretty rigorous going through that process from what I understand.
2: Yeah. Like, and it's, it's by no means a perfect process. Uh, however, they do cover a variety of topics that they're, they're not just looking at the product. They're not just looking at the environment. There's a huge focus on workers mm. and the community as well. And also governance is a key thing that they measure on too. Yeah. And it, is kind of a a sliding scale based on the size of your business where you operate all of those kinds of things so that there's still an ability for smaller brands to achieve the certification too versus i know unilever became a b-corp last year they initially had ben and jerry's under their portfolio that were a b-corp certified brand and that they would have had so many resources in order to go through the assessment process do we believe
1: unilever I yeah,
0: I'm like f- thinking about ice cream wrappers and like the number of brands in their portfolio.
1: Well, all the disposable plastic.
0: Ice cream is- wrappers only because my previous assistant, shout out to
1: you, works in one of the <laughs> ice cream <laughs> brands. Ice cream. <laughs> um, yeah,
0: no, it's 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 a lot. Like all of the shampoos and conditioners. They're not Hmm, I'm getting skeptical. Yeah. So,
2: this is a real, you have touched on the most brilliant point here in your skepticism because I think with things like B Corp when we talk about a giant like Unilever this is just a perfect example of why why there will never be a perfect process at the end of the day one of the core issues in the sustainability space is that we are producing too much stuff Mm. like you can only make so many recycled and recyclable boxes as your packaging and you know you can only engineer the the product so much you can only inset your emissions so far if you're still trying to produce like hundreds upon thousands of of goods at the end of the day which is that brand that
1: is um they said that they were going to reduce their emissions, but double their production, so they would just end up being net neutral. I can't remember what H&M. brand it was. It was H H&M. and h and M. Yeah, so they're going to reduce their emissions by half, but they're also aiming to produce twice as many garments. Oh.
0: I thought they were trying to double their revenue. Double their yes. revenue. Like yeah. 2030.
1: Double their revenue. Yeah. So you think about are how many. Are they put
0: their prices up? Because that would just be blasphemous given the quality.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And Absolutely. think about how many H&M garments are already getting around in landfill. Why do we need double that amount?
0: Well, this is something that I find really interesting because I know my basic knowledge of fashion sustainability is you should be at Vinnie's. I'm at Vinnie's. We go to Vinny's. We thrive at Vinny's. We
1: do. We like to thrift. Here's
0: where my issue is. If I have something that I mistakenly one time bought at H&M. We will do. Like, no all do. one is buying that from Vinny's. So when I take it to Vinny's, where does it go? Yeah. I just assume at some point it goes in the bin. Because what are they going to do? Sell it for $1? And someone's going to be like, eh, all right. Like it's H&M. It's not something that you kind of go through Vinny's and think, well, maybe I'm being disconnected from reality. But... I think, like, I could probably buy that new. That would be $14.99 new. Yeah. Or $4.99 at Vinny's. There is a saving there,
1: but am I... How
0: committed am I to this
1: item? Not very. And
0: what is the quality of it used? Do you know? Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So It's had its life. It's had its one way. Yeah. I just... I... Yeah. There's a place for it because, again, like,
0: you need to be accessible to people. And... The economy is so bad. We're not going to talk about that because no one cares. Not everyone can shop. Never porter. No. And yeah, people still need things, as you say. But I just feel like if if your revenue is in the hundreds of millions or the billions, you shouldn't be the people producing at the
2: cheapest rate. Absolutely. They have the ability to pay their garment workers. And this is another key issue, right? They have the ability to pay above living wage for their garment workers. And we know that that just doesn't happen. And yeah. we see these workers, which let's be fair, are largely women of color mm. that are disproportionately affected by climate change. We're underpaying them, we're overworking them. And honestly we see these people as resources so until that changes this cycle of exploitation will just continue it's
1: just continuing and the shein brand trip did you guys hear about this i've not heard anything about this i'm sure you're across this the shein brand trip recently and this brings me to another topic of like influences and fast fashion but first the shein brand trip so shein recently sent a whole bunch of influences on a brand trip Mm -hmm. over to China to visit their factory. Now this factory that was constructed for the sole purpose of this brand trip very very clearly is not where they are producing Shein garments and they i think they're sourcing from over 600 factories if i'm remembering correctly Shein's busy so they've presented this one beautiful factory where all the workers are smiling and they're all having a great time and like it was just very clearly falsified and so it just faced this huge backlash
2: it's all lies. Sorry, we might not be getting a Shein-sponsored potty yep. anytime soon. Look, that's but okay. It's like North Korea, you're
1: yeah. right like yeah. you reckon. Like,
0: you drive by and there's, like, pictures in the windows instead of being able to see into the store. And it's like, we have fresh produce. Our people are great.
1: Yeah, literally. Literally, it was crazy. The it's scandal. Scary. So what,
0: are you saying that the influencers had a come-to-Jesus moment and spilled the beans on the trip?
1: Well, no, because they had a great time while okay, they were there. they were having
0: a great time. They were
1: happy <laughs> Well, they did. They had a beautiful trip, and they got they, free shit. They got
0: free shit. I want to get free shit, but I think yeah. you're right. I want to get. I mean, I don't want. I don't want. I'm a snob. It comes out on the podcast. In case you haven't noticed, yeah. I don't want Shein or H and M. Let it be known. Yeah, I don't care if this ruins. My future. I am not a Kardashian. <laughs> I'm not selling energy drinks or Shein.
1: Yeah, or Boohoo Sustainability Advisory. Do you remember when oh, Kourtney Kardashian yes. was Boohoo's Sustainability Advisor? That's another brand that's in that category of, right?
2: Terrifying. Just doing terrifying, terrifying, terrifying things. Terrifying. that's the planet. Yeah, that's... I think, I think the brand trip was an interesting piece in that Yes, it was absolutely propaganda. I think, I think.
1: Let's I, call it what it is. It <laughs> was propaganda. To be fair, like,
2: I have heaps of respect
0: for that. I'm still a comms and change manager at heart. I'm like, propaganda, yeah. it doesn't work, use it.
2: <laughs> it. I think at the end of the day, we're, like, we're not here to, uh, and I, when I say we, I don't necessarily mean we at this table. I mean, the internet at large, we're, we're not here to bully these individuals. Yeah. We're, they they got given an opportunity. Great I don't opportunity blame them for, them for taking it. Yeah. And I think there's nuance to, to that side of the conversation. I but don't. I do believe that without influencers and celebrity, the fast fashion model would look radically different. Mm. And I think um, Aja Barber, who's a, a consultant and an author in this space, did an interview with Mother Jones recently. And she said that, I think this is basically a direct quote. If you're someone who's really good at affiliate linking and you're selling a lot of clothing, then arguably you're a huge part of the problem. And she notes we shouldn't be bending together to, to internet bully these people, but pretending like influencers and the concept of influencing more broadly isn't part of the consumption problem is short-sighted. Yeah. And I think in the collab space... There's kind of a, another layer to the conversation, and I'm a big nerd, so I brought a She's book. She's got a
1: book. It's got an earmark. She's going to read. It's got
2: an earmark. Here we it's go. an excerpt from Alec Leach's book, who is another author and consultant, more on the like Marcom's side mm-hmm. of transparency. And his book is called It Was Independently Published, The World Is On Fire, but We're Still Buying Shoes. So he spent five years working for. That hits close to home. Who I know. Was it? I know. He spent. Multiple years working at High Snobiety, I believe. Okay. Um, But. Hit us. He had this really (laughs) interesting section where he says, the thing is collaborations can be great. When it's a genuine partnership, a meeting of minds, the results speak for themselves. And he goes on to say, you know, collaboration can bring underrepresented perspectives into the conversation It can give small brands the opportunity to partner with large brands and do things they weren't necessarily able to do otherwise. It can be a celebration of pure creativity, which of course is is so intrinsic to fashion at large. But then he ends this section by saying so much of the time, it's just more stuff, but this time stuff with an X between two names.
1: Yeah, that,
0: wow. It hits me thinking about I don't like haul videos because I have a short attention span. But when you see the TikToks of, and, like, this is one example, and, like, I love you, Michaela, but Michaela standing, she's only five feet tall, next to 50 boxes of stuff that isn't even solicited. That's where I Mm. think there's a huge issue. Like, you're putting your PO box out there and you probably don't like 40% of what comes your way. Do you just throw that away? It's just genuinely stuff you're receiving it and getting rid of it, receiving yeah. it and getting rid of it, opening it and getting rid of it.
1: And you have to think that's just what we're exposed to. That's what we're seeing. How much vol? How much volume of goods are coming through influencers oh. and celebrities' PO boxes? It's love crazy. to hate them. Would love to be one, but of course. <laughs> but of course. I feel like
0: I, I again, it's. An out-of-touch view because we are privileged. We are all employed. We all live in homes and can do the things that we want to do. We can go to dinners. We can do luxury activities and have luxury items. So, you know, who am I to say you should have ethics and standards with who you work with as an influencer? Like, and I especially think about people in America who are just scraping by... And they're just hustling at home because yeah. that's all they have. Fashion know?
1: Nova offers you a deal. What are you supposed to say? Like, it's hey, a- Fashion
0: Nova's offering you a, you a deal. You're a big influencer. Yeah.
1: Well,
2: that's true. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. It's. I think to there was a point we almost touched on earlier around the accessibility of, of an H and M product, for example. Sorry, just to deviate away yeah, from good. influencer for a second. Um, and there, there definitely needs to be accessible product, but we should have product that is accessible to everyone that was created by paying workers a fair wage. And yeah. that's where it falls back on the organization. And in terms of this overconsumption problem, that isn't necessarily driven by a person from a lower socioeconomic Banned within society you no know? absolutely
0: yeah i think I, I i think that's a great point to make that we're not looking to make life harder for anyone whose life is already hard yeah the obligations should sit on all of the people including us whose life is really easy
1: yeah yeah including us and all the big brands all the big brands their
0: lives are so easy they should what be the biggest concern is like tripling their revenue by 2030. Yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah.
1: By 2030, we may not have a planet. <laughs> Which
2: I'm unsure if this is... I haven't fact-checked this this stat, but I heard it recently, and I'm unsure how old it is, to be fair, as well, but it essentially said that 71% of the world's emissions come from the top 100 listed companies. Oh, yeah. So that yeah that's the perspective if there are people
1: that have the power to make a change it's those 71 companies but as consumers i think there are things that we can do right it's not it's not easy
0: too because we're lazy bitches
1: yeah yeah so i guess i would love to know from izzy what what are brand what are some brands that are doing it well who do we love what Mm -hmm. does that look like what are they doing that makes it good what are we in inverted commas like how do I how do I know what to look for when I'm out there I'm browsing the internet I'm scrolling the gram I'm looking for brands to buy Yeah what what is good look like
2: So let's use someone like Netta Porte as an example I know they have like sustainable edits now, which is awesome. And that can be great for discovery, I feel. Yeah. So if it is starting on a retailer like that and using it as a tool for discovery so that you can then go away and say, hey, I think that brand's really cool. They were in the sustainable edit. I'm going to jump onto their website and see what their credentials are. I think to an extent, the most specific information that can be disclosed about a brand's efforts in this space will likely be on their website. And that can Mm -hmm. even be looking for evidence of a supplier code of conduct or a SMITA audit of their factories or like a number of policy documents, let alone like an emissions report or something a, a bit more dense. In addition to things like, you know, their use of recycled or upcycled materials. Do they have a take back program? And this is where I think you can look to accreditations like B Corp as well. But then there's also like climate active, climate neutral, that there are so many different bits and pieces. One from a leather perspective, if you're looking at shoes or accessories, is whether brands use or are part of the leather working group, which is this international membership It's technically a non-profit, but they essentially rate tanneries throughout the world yeah. uh, into gold, silver and bronze uh, kind of tiers as such. So I think the discovery can be fun right it, it like that's the fun. fun we love part. to shop we love to shop we just, we just need you're to know
0: trolling through pages and pages like what's one more web page yeah to make your decision <laughs> right yeah exactly right
1: because ultimately the products are very similar you can get very similar products across a range of brands for example i'm wearing leather pants today which i purchased from victoria woods um, and I noticed that they were part of that leather program that you're talking about. And they mm-hmm. do actually have that on the product page. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. I don't know what this is. I'm going to look into it and do a bit of research. Mm. And that, for me, helped sell, helped sell me on this particular pair because I felt good about that decision because I could see that they were part of this program.
2: Yeah. And I think to that point, you can you can make an informed purchase from an environmental sustainability standpoint and that the product has great creten- credentials. But it's also thinking about all of the all of the things that, that we get told, but that are harder to implement in practice around how many times do I think I'm going to wear this item? Do yes. I see it as a piece that has longevity in my wardrobe? Yeah. What can I pair it with? Can I make five outfits from this item? Like all of those things are, are also... Uh, questions to consider when you're about to hit checkout.
1: Definitely, definitely. Are you already doing that? Aren't you doing cost per wear? Cost per wear. And we love I love cost hate per Of just a one-time outfit. If I have to buy something for an event, I'm not interested. This I want to like, go out. Yeah,
2: <laughs> stay at home. A simple solution. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: I'm, I'm. If I've gone to a wedding, I'm wearing that wedding guest dress to dinner.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. I don't care. Yeah. Literally. Um, what else should we be looking for? What are some What are some particular brands that you're loving? Who are you loving? Give okay. us some works.
2: I am a big fan of Outland Denim here in Queensland. From a clothing perspective, they interestingly own parts of their supply chain, so they own their factory, which means that they control who they employ to an extent. That their, their whole, I guess, brand ethos is around. Uh, female empowerment and they bring workers out of really uh, terrible, for lack of a better word, domestic violence situations and they they provide them with steady employment that, mm-hmm. that pays above living wage. So they have a really interesting story. I think they became a little more popular in mainstream media when <laughs> Meghan Markle wore their jeans a few years back. But honestly, oh, yeah. they have actually started, I believe, developing – product for other brands as well. So they not only have B2C now but also B2B, which I think speaks to their credentials when they have someone like Levi's saying, Hey, we want you to make our jeans. For for a Queensland business, that's I think very cool.
1: That's incredible. That's
0: awesome for consumers. Yeah. Yeah. I was just thinking, you know, whilst you've been talking, I'm like, okay, do I need to change my behaviour? Probably I will do my best. But To what extent? Because I don't wanna go my whole life without another Dior bag or another pair of
1: leggings.
0: Another pair of sassinied black rats? No, like active wear. Active wear. Active. (laughs) active No, because when you when you said, you know, there's different areas of sustainability that we can be thinking about. I might be making really environmentally friendly choices in one area, but then I'm also making, you know, made in Italy, supporting like specialist, handmade, I assume yeah. that skilled and paid like they're skilled workers. One special you bag that you're going use, use
1: and not just, you
0: know, 50 one. bags. Not buying one every day. And no. I
2: think there's a really interesting point in there around this intersection of like luxury brands and fashion houses and the way they make, which by no means are they perfect in how they make. I'm sure they still have some horrible, horrible practices under the hood. But you know a lot of the time and they give you ways to verify that the leather in that bag is going to be of a beautiful and durable quality and that it's going to last you you know years and years or potentially be something that you could even pass down or pass on yeah, yeah. and I think although those aren't accessible products if you do have the means and again it's a considered purchase then you know who it. am I to say no like who, who am I to sit on this yeah <laughs> golden bone you to tell me not to buy the bag <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know I think that's you know like for anyone that listens to the pod because sometimes we just blatantly avoid uncomfortable topics because we don't want to look into ourselves and then come away feeling worse than we probably already do about ourselves every day because life is tough. So if there's, you know, this is a permission slip. It's not everyone that ever hears this is doing everything wrong and you're not here yelling. I'm yelling. (laughs) But you can do 10% better and across the board, that's way better. Like any step that you make, that's better. And now that you're saying that there are brands that we already know that are doing better, part of it's probably just awareness. You'd buy Levi's over, you'd buy Levi's, but you'd buy Levi's over nobody. If nobody's not doing anything, nobody not doing nothing, that's easy, yeah. you
1: know yeah just opening our eyes a little bit to those things we can be looking out for not thinking about sustainability as just environment that's a big point that you've made today which yeah. has Look really me. opened my mind
0: really though. just worried about trees yeah forgetting yeah. about humans
1: important but humans also important humans yeah. is important yeah Um, what do you want to leave the girlies with what should the girlies take away
2: I have some wrecks. oh yes! So we spoke about Outland Denim. Yes. I also love Brooke Nose, my unyielding love for Tala <laughs> and Grace Beverly. Yeah. We love. They're, are you across are,
1: this? No. Okay. I'm going to fill you in afterwards. It's it's the best. Tala.
2: We love Tala for activewear. I won't go any further. LNDR as well. So many people doing interesting uh, things in this LNDR. space. Yeah. Yeah. Like biodegradables, recycle materials, good stuff. In terms of, I have some like people to follow and yes. some books as well. Please. If Ooh. you want to learn more in this space, um, so I spoke about Aja Barber. Maybe we can put these we'll people's put handles here. in yeah, the show notes in the doobly mm-hmm. Um Alec Leach was the the author um, from with, with the book excerpt. There's also Venetia Lamanna, who's a fast. A fast fashion campaigner and activist. Her TikToks and real game is just so strong. She's amazing. She does really interesting things. There's also organizations like Remake that are nonprofits that are fighting for fair pay, climate justice, all of the things. And I think there are lots of really interesting campaigns that the everyday person can get involved in if they feel so inclined to Mm -hmm. to step step into the activism space dip a toe and i think as well to the point around not every brand is perfect if you do have a favorite brand and you can't find any information on their website or on their instagram or wherever it may be about their practices like send them a dm email them ask them and I think consumers do have power at the end of the day. And we, yes, can change our purchasing habits, but it's also about asking the right questions at the right time Mm -hmm. as well. And there are also campaigns that people or organizations, I should say, like Remake Organize, that are like letter writing campaigns or, you know, petitioning Levi's or petitioning whoever else to put some pressure on them and get them to respond. And so if you have a brand that you really love, but you see that they don't stack up, talk to them about it. Ask them
1: Because either they may have something under the hood, but they just don't know how to communicate it and balance that with everything else that they've got to put out into the world. Or they're not doing quite enough and this is the prompt that they need to go and get their house in order.
0: And the desperate fight for customers, like the cost to acquire a customer is so high. Skyrocketing. That I think a DM to whoever's running the accounts or an email to someone actually causes like moments of panic. Yeah. Because if they don't have the information, that's one guaranteed lost customer in Mm -hmm. their mind, you know. 100%. Um, There's a person behind every brand. You know, I often feel afraid sending, reaching out, doing these things, but there's just a little human sitting behind every Instagram account, behind every email inbox. So yeah, I love that. Let's humanize
2: the conversation a bit.
1: Yep. Yep.
2: It goes both ways. Mm.
1: Is You told me this story, but Alana does not know this story and the listeners do not know this story. (laughs) The thesis nearly had an alternative title and I would love for you to share with the group.
2: (laughs) The thesis nearly had an alternative title. So Tala in particular, they do some really interesting Instagram posts to try and educate their community on some of the decisions that they make. And one of them is that traditionally when brands produce activewear, it's actually more responsible say for a pair of leggings to be cut and sewn with multiple panels to decrease the amount of wastage I believe from a resource perspective so you have a legging with dare I say a front seam camel toe a camel toe
0: I'm into a camel toe yeah you know where this is going no I don't but I'm excited
2: (laughs) no no shame in the camp but it's actually it takes more water it's a more resource intensive process to create a seamless pair of leggings which someone like you know Gymshark kind of really took mainstream in this Mm -hmm. space and so Tala had this really interesting post that was part of my data collection around like why the front seam and they did a whole deep dive into the decision making as to why so many of their leggings are still cut and sewn panels versus the process you use to make a seamless pair of leggings and so the alternative title for the thesis, which did not make it into the final. Didn't cut. make the
1: cut, director's cut only. We're
2: sad about it. Director's <laughs> Cut was Camel Toes Will Save the World. The logic of sustainability in the institutional <laughs> field of fashion. I feel
0: that. Kylie Kardashian could have been your sponsor.
1: <laughs> camel toes will save the world. You heard it here first. I think a camel toe is kind of chic. Yep, chic. And I'm saving the planet. Yeah.
0: I'm gonna I have front seams. I'm gonna get some more. Yep. Nope. Only when I need them.
1: Only when you need them. Lessons learned. We good love. Take away. Um, Izzy, where can we find you on the internet? The girlies, they're going to be obsessed with you. Where do we go?
2: That is such a good question. Uh, I'm one of those annoying people that has a private Instagram, but I encourage people to follow me and I'll follow you back if you're nice. It's yeah. just Izzy K. And then, uh, dare I say LinkedIn.
1: Yep. Izzy Kalaja. We love a LinkedIn influencer.
0: Bold dare. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I, I, I'm on the side of the table with the girlies that aren't using LinkedIn. We have it when we need a job.
2: <laughs> like, I wish I had a TikTok. I wish I had these things. Same. I'm not that girl, though. Okay. Yeah. Or may, maybe one day, but not right now. Look, Look
1: that's okay. That's okay. Um, I did see this little quote that I thought was kind of funny, but also quite just fitting of our conversation today. So saying you're green is like saying you're a cool brand. Don't say it, just do it. And we'll be the judges of those two attributes. Love that. Yeah. Agree. <laughs> just thinking about, I
0: have I ever actually said I'm cool? Definitely have. Yeah. yeah. On if... that note, let me go another day of hating myself. Love you guys though.
2: We're not hating I ourselves. I definitely
0: say I'm a cool person.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we've caused an existential crisis yeah. on okay we broke, Atlanta, we broke a lot yeah.
1: roll it back no i think the point of the, the point is right. that if brands are coming out and saying green 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 we're doing all Skepticism. the things just cast a critical eye on that yeah yeah
2: agree dig a little bit deeper yeah. it'll take five I to like ten these minutes. alliteration
0: cast a critical eye dig a little bit deeper
1: yeah it's it's that's it that's it gullies. Thank you so much, Iz, for coming on the pod and being our first guest.
2: Thank you so much for having me. It's been incredible. It's been
1: so good. A superstar. And for those that don't know, Iz is also about to embark on a life-changing trip to the UK. She's moving over there, so we're sad to not see her for a while, but... I'm sure she'll be back soon and we can continue this conversation.
2: I will be listening to the pod over in London with oh. a glass of wine and just pretending that we're having a little chit-chat, having you know. Having a little
1: chit-chat. You probably need wine yeah. to listen to the yeah. pod. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love
2: stop. You.
1: This evolves. I mean, this doesn't end here this sustainability conversation, right? Like we kind of touch on it today, but there's so much more that we can learn. So,
0: feeling safe to ask questions has been really nice. Yeah. I think that there'll be more questions, no doubt.
1: Yeah. All right.
0: Bye. Girlies
2: out.
1: See ya. Oh my god. We're on the pod you're on the pod with mike what's your beef <laughs> what is your chat welcome back to the real
0: house girlies pod yes another ep another day another ep
1: let's do that again no way
0: yes every fucking week she does this the control freak